0: You know our friends at Wicking Vicar for their comfortable clerical shirts and their wooden Advent wreath playset. They're back with a new gift, and this time it's for the Lutheran ladies. Introducing their beautiful necklace featuring 14 karat gold-filled charms of the cross and Luther seal—a simple and feminine way to express your faith every day. This necklace arrives in a gift box and is perfect for confirmation, graduation, Mother's Day, or first communion. Visit WickingVicar.com to find this necklace and other gifts. That's W-I-C-K-I-N-G-V-I-C-A-R.com. Hey, ladies, we have a special treat for you this week. The four of us got to be the guests on the Friends for Life podcast from LCMS Life Ministry. So this is a crossover episode where we're the ones that get to be in the hot seat and get asked all the questions. We hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, you can join us in our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram at Lutheran Ladies Lounge and find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Here we go.
1: Hello, and welcome to Friends for Life, a podcast of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's Life Ministry. We're sharing the stories and insights of real people living out God's love for the people He's created. We hope you'll stick around and be our Friends for Life.
2: Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Steph Nugibauer, here with my co host, Deaconess Dr. Tiffany Manner. Tiffany, we're celebrating a birthday on this episode, uh, but it's not your birthday. It's not my birthday. It's the birthday of Friends for Life.
1: We're turning two. Yeah, I think we should still be having cake, though. We can't necessarily share that with everybody, but, you know, yeah, we can celebrate Friends for Life turning two. This is fun.
2: <laughs> so we are 50 episodes in. And for those who have been with us since the very start, Thank you. You've tuned in since our very infancy, and we're super grateful. Um, If we can talk about this in in terms of podcasts and babies, uh, we've probably by now learned to walk, maybe sprouted some teeth. Uh, We're going to work on destigmatizing the twos here this year.
1: (laughs) Now, this is a terrific two.
2: The terrific twos. There we go. (laughs) And for those of our listeners who have just begun to tune in, we want to thank you, too. And we hope that you continue to join us as we learn and as we grow together. Tiffany, we have a super special treat for our listeners today. Again, like I said, we're 50 episodes in, and we really felt that a celebration was in order. Uh, We have not one, not two, not three But four guests today. Would you like to share with our listeners who we've brought on?
1: We have the Lutheran Ladies Lounge joining us in this crossover type of episode, which is fun. Although this is uh, ambitious for us, we've not had two hosts and four guests on. So this is going to be a wild time. (laughs) It's going to be a wild time.
2: (laughs) Very much looking forward to it. Ladies, welcome. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Go! <laughs> hey, I want to give you a chance to just give a little plug for Lutheran Ladies Lounge and tell people who are just tuning in for the first time with podcasts what Lutheran Ladies Lounge is about. We are a podcast for
0: women by women. Rachel usually does our little uh, blurb about us, though.
3: Sure. um, I should have been more prepared for this than I am. You would think I I would have expected when you invited us on to be prepared to talk about ourselves. (laughs) We don't (laughs) ever talk (laughs) about
4: ourselves. (laughs) Listen, I love talking about myself. So Rachel, I believe in you. For the
3: sake of your dear listeners, I will say that the Lutheran Ladies Lounge is a podcast and online community. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram that is dedicated to building community among Lutheran women and celebrating our common uh, heritage of not only wonderful theology, but also, you know, food, uh, history, great adventures, crafts. I mean, we've made chrismons before, Um, we've made jello salad, Mm. we've celebrated uh, great Lutheran women missionaries and hymn writers. It's a very eclectic show, you'll find a little bit of everything, and the one connection is that we love being Lutheran ladies together.
2: Not for that, thank you, Bree. <laughs> so, Luther Ladies Lounge. We've got Rachel. We've got Bree. We've got Erin, and we've got Sarah again, along with my co-host Tiffany. You know, Tiffany, we have a lot of really serious topics on Friends for Life, uh, and and rightfully so. We know that life issues can get sticky, and that's one of the reasons that this show, Friends for Life, exists. There are trials and hardships of living life under the cross, but we also know that as Christians, we have a lot to celebrate when it comes to life, and we get to claim all of the good gifts that come along with life given to us by Jesus. And sometimes Lutherans like to call these first article gifts. Rachel, Aaron, Sarah Brie. You're a bunch of Lutheran ladies in this room, along with Deaconess Dr. Tiffany. So let's answer this question here. Anyone remember this from catechism and want to take this on? First article gifts, and why are we talking about these on a show called Friends for Life? I
0: happen to love the explanation to the creed. I think that might be one of my favorite parts of like the small catechism. I don't know if that makes me a super nerd or whatever, but I I love the explanations um, every time I get to post them on like, Hey, if you are radio social, I get a little giddy about it. It's a little weird, but I love that, uh, these explanations to the creed talk about all of these things that God has provided for us. And that is such a great thing to remember, especially in hard times or when, uh, when I'm feeling like discontent or whatever about what I have, it's a reminder of like, Oh, right. God has, God will provide, he has provided um, and he's proven that in my life over and over when like something crazy happens in a way that like nothing else could have caused this to happen except God's hand in, in what is happening in my life. He has provided for all of this for me. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a really cool thing to remember all the time.
2: You're not the only one who gets giddy when they get to talk about the catechism <laughs> and especially the explanations to uh, the creed in the yes. first, second, and third articles. I have my catechism in front of me. Let's play yes. a little "What color is your catechism?" game.
1: Maroon. You have the blue
2: catechism, maroon. We're talking about I the have small dark catechism blue here. Blue catechism, I think. Ooh. Dark blue. Dark blue. I mm-hmm. have the maroon and the
3: two-tone because I have uh, had two kids go through confirmation in the last five years and one who's in the middle of it right now. Um, but then I have the old bright blue one from when I came through. Mm, maybe and my dad's bright, dark blue one yeah. with the K- King James Version verse is still in there.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. Nice. I
4: have two of the blue ones. One of which was my sister's. And you remember those S's you made by drawing the six lines? Yes. Yes. With the spiky. That's Dozens all. Dozens of those. Of them. Mm-hmm. Scribbled all in it.
3: It's a nice. <laughs> I'm 90s sure I relic. have a young people's hymnal that has a similar uh, graffiti.
4: Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> but why doesn't your sister have her catechism? What is, why
3: did you steal
4: her catechism? It it found me. It's like the ring yeah, of Yeah, no, I.
3: I recently had to return one that I thought was mine when I opened up the front cover and saw Daniel F. Weshy in uneven cursive and was what? like, hey, brother, you want your catechism back?
0: Yeah, <laughs> they okay, do that. that. that All of this my happens. scribbles are in my blue catechism, mm-hmm. but... It's not all catechism-related scribbles. I'll just leave it there.
3: (laughs) But to get back to the actual text of the catechism, you know, there's this wonderful long list that is a nightmare, by the way, to try and get middle schoolers to memorize. Body and soul, eyes, ears, all my members, reason and all my senses, clothing, shoes, food, drink, house, home, wife, children, land, animals, and all that I have. To sum up, he richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. And for me I love when I think about this passage to think back not only to the catechism but also to Genesis 2 when when God formed mm-hmm. man out of the dust and breathed into his nostrils and every time I you know am consciously breathing I'm also conscious that my breath is a gift from God. I love Psalm 104 uh, beginning in verse 27. These all look to you to give them their food and due season. This is all the creatures. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. This idea that every breath that sustains us is one of those first article gifts. And that all these, I've been learning um, with my seventh grader in general science about the criterion for life, criteria, plural, um, for life, and have just been astounded at how, you know, this biology reveals God's fingerprints that all living things use energy, all living things grow, and just seeing the life of God, you know, put forward, not just in us, but in like the, uh, you know, one celled organisms that they Mm -hmm. show God's love. His first article gifts are for the Paramecia too. And that's (laughs) such, sorry. You guys thought you were nerds.
0: (laughs) We're all nerds. It's great. But
3: yeah, everything around us shows God's love of life. And every breath inside us shows that he not only started things going, but is keeping them going day by day, breath by breath. Anyway, that's my
2: thought. Yes. Amen. And another of my favorites is that at the very end of Luther's explanation to the first article, which the first article of the Creed is, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. At the very end of his explanation, he says in all this, all of the the food, the body, the clothes, the shelter that you mentioned, Rachel, all this he provides for us out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in us mm-hmm. And the all this. It's my duty to thank, to praise, to serve, and obey. This gives us the chance to pause and, like you said, to realize that every breath that we have been given is a gift from God. We get to rejoice in the small things in life, the ordinary things in life, the things that we might see as trivial. And when we stop and and recognize that these two are gifts from God, this gives Him honor and glory and reminds us that we're created beings, that we're, we're creatures. And we're here to serve our neighbors and to bring glory and honor to our creator. And so I thought it would be fun just to stop and talk about what are some really awesome things of life? What are some awesome things about our life that we get to rejoice in? And so I'm wanting to pose the question to all of you. What do you really love about life? Who wants to start off? I'll go
4: first. <laughs> Do it um I love that God has made us relational beings. I mean, you think about our needs as humans, you think about food and shelter, and Luther goes into all of those things. Um he touches on things like family um like from a physical, biological perspective. Um Friends don't necessarily like sustain our bodies necessarily, but the way that like food or like eight hours of sleep every day might do. But I would argue that relationships are some of the most important blessings that God gives us. Um, I think especially in the last couple of years, I really became aware of like how important relationships are to me and just being like in each other's presence and like being able to laugh with people um, and how powerful and almost healing it can be um, to be with the people that you love and to just be in community with them.
2: Yes, that's something that the pandemic inadvertently taught us. <laughs>
0: especially for a lot of us introverts who are like, oh, I like my alone time and the pandemic taught us that we actually still need people in a very powerful way.
4: (laughs) Yes.
1: I think too, um, you know, Brie, you were drawing a connection between the things that sustain our our life, like food, water, sleep, and friends and relationships. And I think people often underestimate how important other people are and relationships are. You know, there's that, anecdotes about um, people who die within um, a close time period to one another, you know, uh, family members, uh, spouses, or or babies who aren't touched enough and held enough and how they're um, impacted their entire lives because they, they weren't with people enough. So I mean, that's just really powerful. I and mean, God created us to be in community. He created us to be around us. That is uh, something so amazing about life. We're, we're not just wound up and set free to to eat and, and breathe and go on living and, and, and do this, but no, to be in fellowship with one another, the great gift that God gives us.
4: And I think the best example of that is being in church every Sunday and mm-hmm. partaking of the Lord's mm-hmm. Supper and confessing as a body that, you know, we are poor, miserable sinners, but at the same time, in spite of the fact that we are poor, miserable sinners. The biggest and best thing that God gave us, the best thing about life, I guess you could say, is that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. The the faith that He gives us is awesome, and we have a life of eternity to spend because of that.
2: Yeah. And, you know, in talking about first article gifts, not only do we have these gifts of physical blessings, but it's also part of the creed that we confess that the Lord gives us all spiritual blessings too, and promises to sustain us in body and soul. And so, you know, the fact that we have our salvation, that we've been given the gifts to sustain us, that our word and sacrament for all this, it's our duty to think, praise, serve, and obey also. So are you using that, Brie, as your number two? Or do you have a second? Sure, word? I
4: mean, why not? I was gonna throw memes in there or like cake, but like, <laughs> yes! we already know. Like those are defaults. I feel like the, they those don't need those go without saying. I don't think they do.
1: <laughs> I, I'm all about the cake. I've already said that once in this episode, but really, I'm really all about the cake. I it's really a chocolate.
3: Segues very well into my answer to your question. Now you said try to everybody have a slightly different take. So I'm I'm not saying anything contrary to what Bria said, I agree absolutely 100%. <laughs> I'm going to say one of the I won't say the thing, one of the things I really love about life and this is going to sound strange, but is physical pleasure. I love living in my body. I really do. Oh. Now, maybe that might exclude the like 6 inches underneath my belly button which have never been the same since I had four children. But generally speaking, I love physical life. I'm, I'm reminded here of a quote from C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters that sort of inspired this, this answer. All those fasts and vigils and stakes and crosses are only a facade or only like foam on the seashore. Out at sea, out in his sea, that's God's sea, there is pleasure and more pleasure He makes no secret of it. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. There are things for humans to do all day long without his minding in the least. then this long list of sleeping and playing and, you know, that God has filled his created world and our lives with good things and not just, not just, you know, intangible esoteric things. Christ became incarnate as a man. You know, he knew what meat tastes like. <laughs> he, he knew what it <laughs> feels like on a hot day to have to, to suddenly encounter cool water. What a hug feels like. All of these things to be held by his mother. That they are spiritual and emotional pleasures, but they're also physical pleasures. And there's something that are very unique, I think, to our life in the body. A life that, by the way, is not going to be gone forever once we're dead. And this was the other quote I had to look up for you guys right before this episode. And you were very patient with me. There's this wonderful moment in um, Dante's divine comedy where he is imaginatively touring, touring heaven and he gets to the circle where all the theologians and wise people are, and he's talking to Solomon and they're just talking about how wonderful it is in heaven to be a soul liberated and at peace with God and in true fellowship with him, but he then says, Solomon does, when our flesh made glorious at the judgment seat dresses us once again, then shall our persons become more pleasing in being more complete. In other words, they're in perfect joy and bliss, and yet after the resurrection, when they are restored to their bodies forevermore, that's when they'll be complete and whole and the joy will be total. And so, yes, I love many things about life. But today, as this question was swimming around in my head, the thing that came to mind is the simple pleasure of being in the body and experiencing, you know, the created world and all its wonderful pleasures. That was not a very Lutheran lady answer. I'm sorry. We're not supposed to
1: be about physical pleasure. But no, I (laughs) think that is so Lutheran though, because I mean, we are, are focused in ways that others in Christendom you know, sometimes overlook. Not only did God create our world, but He's going to come back. You know, Jesus is coming back to recreate our world. So, uh-huh. I mean, that is just, yeah, super Lutheran. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for a little vindication there. Because <laughs> I was feeling a little, almost a little guilty about this. <laughs>
1: Also, if I may,
3: that six inches between, but under
4: your belly button, is also a blessing because you have four I know. fantastical children.
3: I lo- and I that I love it. Out of that bad boy, I'm proud of it. I'm just saying, you know that is that is the part I've had to learn to love rather than just it coming naturally. <laughs> I already love it.
2: Oh, oh, thank you.
1: No <laughs> No disrespect. <laughs> Uh, Tiffany, let me add this. will maybe help. Okay. So I've, you know, been pregnant a number of times and the stretch marks, right? They're like, oh, yeah, I, I will never look like I did when I was 18. And I don't really want to either. But my yeah. youngest, who's now, you know, all all grown up and, you know, people mistake us for sisters, which is weird. But when uh, she was teeny tiny, she renamed, uh, reframed my stretch marks and said they were baby stripes. And then I felt really great about them. I was Aww. like, you know what? Yeah, these are, these are stripes on my skin, stretched out forever, never looking the same. But, you know, as Brie was saying, God gave me these gifts of children to bear. Right. And, you know what? I'm going to feel, feel better about this changed body. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. That's precious.
1: Yeah,
3: so that to explain my my ways. rather cryptic aside mm-hmm. earlier, yes, um, there okay. are certain <laughs> certain parts of life in the body that one has to learn to receive with gratitude. Yes, um, but it is even those are such a gift. Yeah, because I've got four beautiful children and wouldn't change anything. Amen.
0: So Sarah, or Aaron, what do you guys love about life? So uh, yours kind of segues into mine. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) So I often have these moments when I'm outside and I am just like spaced out and I'm like looking at a tree (laughs) and I'm like, this tree is standing up on its own, swaying in the wind. Like, how does that even work? You just picture your brain. (laughs) <laughs> so my first reason that I love life is because creation is just kind of ridiculous when you think about it a little bit too long because like God made all of this stuff that's on the planet. like he just spoke things into creation and then they're just there. and it I, I kind of love the way that my brain just melts a little bit when I think about it too hard because, it's just like there are no words. to. We use words to describe it, but it fails to actually describe how amazing it is that there we have all of these things in our physical world that God created. And now they just like know what to do. Like the trees grow straight up into the air and they sway around in the wind, but they generally don't fall over unless they're like dead or whatever. And like, now that I have cats, I have this magical way of of seeing how creatures know how to take care of themselves and they know what to do and they know when they need to go outside and they know how to hunt for rodents in our front yard, which is amazing. But like all of these things of what God created, they're just I don't know. I can't even like describe (laughs) what I'm trying to say because I I typically go back to the word magical, which I don't know if that's a great word to describe it, but because I can't explain how a lot of things work, or maybe we can through science and science is also just awesome. It's just, it's the way God created it. And that's amazing. Um, Like the way that the seasons just keep running the way that the seasons run or... When I when I look at our spillway when I'm taking a walk and I'm like, "Oh, the water just sounds so great when it's running over the rocks. Like that's just a wonderful thing that God created." So I guess like soaking in all of these different things that I experience in nature around me. Just it's just really cool to kind of be in that moment and just kind of soak it all in. What is your favorite tree? Oh, that's
5: a good question. Sarah doesn't like to have a single favorite of anything. It's true.
2: What tree was the moment when you were sitting under it, going, "Huh, how does this work?" Oh, actually, I do know that moment. I was taking a walk in Richmond
0: Heights, uh, up the street from our house when we lived there, and these trees—they must be like oak or maple or something. They're super. Don't even know which type. I don't know different types of trees, (laughs) (laughs) but I know it was really, really tall and huge. And it was really windy that day. So they were just like blowing around. And I was just like standing there looking up and just amazed. I don't know. It just kind of hit me that these trees just. Sycamores always do that to me.
3: So you can borrow mine and say sycamores.
0: Oh, sycamore! Sycamores. We have huge sycamores in our backyard, and I'm very glad those don't fall over. They would destroy our house. So,
4: weeping <laughs> willows are very picturesque. That's the only tree I, I do know. love.
0: Weeping willows. Uh, my favorite from my childhood is dogwoods, but those are not very. <gasps> tall. Me too. Those are a little bit Me different. Too. Of a feeling of awe. Aaron, They're just pretty.
4: I will say this: if you ever walk in the park with Erin, she'll point out every single tree ever. She'll be like, she'll just point and be like, "Oh, that's yeah. a." That's a flying purple tortoise face niner, like, and she just. I need to go on a walk with
0: you, so you can explain. I I just ask my husband what the trees are, or I like Google Lens because I really don't. know. Speckled
4: hamster wheel, like
0: what? (laughs) I don't know enough about them to know what they are. I just know that they're really cool, and I like them.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so Aaron's our resident arborist. I do like a tree. I I do.
5: (laughs) I have. I have strong opinions <laughs> about <laughs> trees. Not surprised. They deserve to be known. <laughs> they have identities.
2: <laughs> uh, so that was my number one. Yeah. Yeah. Arrived as an adult when you start caring about what the names of trees and plants are. And you mm-hmm. get out your Google lens to figure out what kind of birds mm-hmm. in your backyard. Yes, For me, right. it's the birds.
3: I mm. regard them as my friends and neighbors and I, they deserve to be known. So I get it Aaron. Mm-hmm.
2: yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I do too. It, it reminds me of the Psalms when David's constantly extolling the beauty of creation, but yes. in Psalm 19 the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork yep mm-hmm. I mean just for the the sheer delight. And pleasure, of God has created these things, we get to delight in them, that we get to rest in the shade of trees that we get to smell flowers of various kinds mm. and have special books that tell us about our backyard birds. What a good and loving father we have that He gives these things to us to enjoy. So that's one, but you've got you've got two, Sarah, so I do what's your
1: second one
2: completely unrelated. Uh,
0: <laughs> neuroscience, because <laughs> is, uh, trees and neuroscience, I have a lot of interests and a lot of things that I think are really fun and cool. But this one is just on my on my mind a lot lately. Uh, no pun intended. But I just think the way that the brain works is also Magical, because I have no better word to describe it. There's so much that we know about how the brain works, but also so much that we don't know. And the fact that it drives so many different things in our personalities and our behaviors, and the fact that it does that, but that those things can also change. And it, I guess, this relates to what Brie was saying about relationships. It, it drives so much of our ability to be relational beings, too. So Brie, I'm I'm on board with uh, with what Brie was saying too about the the relationship stuff. Um, And also I've been into a lot of the mental health stuff lately in the last several months. So uh, all of these things about how the brain works and how it drives things, but also that we just don't know so much about it because it's so intricate Uh, and the way that God designed it is it's just amazing the power that it has. Um, to, like, learn and grow and and know wisdom and to just kind of, we kind of, like, keep jamming stuff into our brains and yet you, like, don't run out of room. It's just, it's, and how memory works and, I don't know. Science is so cool, guys. I It's really <laughs> great.
2: <laughs> What's your favorite fun fact that you've been learning about the brain or neuroscience? Um. So... I don't know if it's a
0: fact, but I think the ability for um, neural pathways to be reprogrammed. So if you learn something one way, like a muscle memory kind of thing in one way, you can actually retrain those neural pathways to uh, to do something else. So I'm going to use my husband as an example, and he might hate me for this, but uh, he's teaching seminary students. Uh, who like don't know how to sing, how to chant, so they can chant in worship service. And so they're, they've are they got all these uh, neural pathways built that they aren't really able to like match pitch right away. And the way that he's working with them with like doing physical things with their hands, they're able to learn how to sing because he's retraining these neural pathways in their brain. There's It's a lot more complicated than that, but just the fact that you can actually retrain your brain to do something uh, in a different way from what you've what you learned like retraining that muscle memory in your brain. It's really cool.
2: Huh. Awesome. <laughs> I think it's cool too. It's very cool.
5: Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, so my my first thing that I'll talk about all of our stuff just really overlaps beautifully. Uh so <laughs> I <laughs> When I was thinking about this question of what do I love about life? My mind immediately went to the year I spent doing gross anatomy. Um, yes, I
4: love with,
5: it. <laughs> and um, working with a cadaver. Uh, so, <laughs> what? Um, but, what year was that? yeah. So that was that that was that was when I was in in college so I I took my major in college was was physical therapy and so we we took gross anatomy as part of our part of our school uh, part of our classes and I loved that class and the anatomy and physiology classes that went along with it. I remember just being throughout that year being just continually, in awe of how all of of the parts of the body just function together Mm. so beautifully. And, I mean, sometimes they break and sometimes they, they malfunction, but the way they're designed to work together, they all... At, at just from the macro level down to the smallest level, they're they're all interconnected, mm. and the way that they're designed that way. And I remember just thinking about the body as as God's artwork uh, mm. and sort of his his masterpiece there, and the way he 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 finished it all off with creation, with the human body, and uh, tied it all together. And the more I thought about that and in the years since that that sort of understanding of how the the human body works together from all the different systems impact each other then that really helped me understand a little better the the image of the body of Christ and the way mm. that it fits together and the way it is Designed to be dependent on each other, uh, and and that I don't know that that sort of understanding I think helped counteract my, or at least a little bit. I don't think it completely. I'm, I still struggle with it, but that that American independence that we have sort of built into us um, mm. from from the culture that we live in, uh, the sense of that we we do it ourselves. I can do it myself. Um, I don't need this other person, this other support. I can do it. Having that understanding of how the the human body is created helps me understand better what God, I don't know which way it works. It probably works both ways. I get mixed up when I try and do it, but one <laughs> helps, helps you understand the other. Uh, and so with the body of Christ, the idea of being independent and I can do it doesn't, doesn't work there. It's not intended to work that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all intended to be interconnected and supporting one another. And one thing having a function that seems independent of the other, but they are actually connected and they are needed. Um, and so that that aspect of of life is something that I really treasure the way the one helps inform my understanding of, of the other.
3: Yeah.
5: Uh, So
3: that is such a good point. I was just thinking of myself as like the left pinky toenail and how ridiculous (laughs) it would be if I said, I can do it myself.
5: (laughs) Yeah,
2: no, Nope. we need each other. Yeah. I love that. So, um, did you actually work with cadavers?
5: Yeah, yeah, no, that was part of it, and uh, I loved it. It was fascinating, and like, I mean, it wasn't all. I mean there was there were bad smells, and it wasn't all beautiful, but that fascination of it totally, totally overcame any of the downsides. Loved, loved that whole that whole year. That was that was an awesome year.
3: See, you talk to somebody like nearly every day for years, and you never learn things like this until you're on the Friends for Life podcast. You
5: know, <laughs> I was taught during that year that the topic of cadavers is not something that <laughs> is generally welcomed when I launch it, so I save it for special moments. Um,
3: <laughs> Happy birthday, Friends for Life! Erin brought out for her cadaver story body, just for, for you. you. Let's talk about bodies.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, it's interesting, it's interesting that all four of us have a very physical reason, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Aaron, do you have a, do you have another one? Well,
5: like the other one is much more random, but I feel like we all had more <laughs> random. We have one that's yeah. a little more more sharp, and then another that's a little more random, and so the other one is just. I, I love the random surprises and the sort of surprising Ooh. moments of wonder that you encounter in nature. So yes. sort of like Sarah looking at the tree, wondering, <laughs> how on earth is that just standing upright? Um, <laughs> I love being surprised by just little little things that I come across. And, you know, there is no real thread that unites them, except that I'm surprised by them. I guess the uniting thread is my surprise, <laughs> Um, but like <laughs> an example I have is I was walking into the office one day and out of the corner of my eye, I saw something and I'm like, what is that? <gasps> and I've, it was a bone. I found a <laughs> bone. It was lying on the ground and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, what type of bone is this? And it was a piece of spine. What? And... <laughs> it was great now <laughs> my, it gave me a delight it was it gave me a moment of 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 delight a surprising a surprising piece of my wonder but i mean <laughs> in and of itself it's not anything great but it gave me a moment of delight and so i mm-hmm. love that about life the random things that you come across and you're like look at that what? <laughs> How is that there? I mean, it was just, I am I work at a corporate office. Why is there a chunk of bone on the sidewalk? And how did it catch my eye? I don't know. These are the surprising pieces of wonder that you encounter walking through life. And I think everyone has them, but, yeah. you know, not usually everyone a piece spots, of spine bone. spots the pieces. Yeah, that's that's everyone think- has a different a- approach to that.
3: I think this is a good time to bring back that C.S. Lewis quote. Out out in his sea, there is pleasure and more pleasure. He makes no secret of it. So out in Aaron's world, by God's grace, there is pleasure and more pleasure, even in random spinal vertebrae. Yes. On the ground
0: outside of your office. Little surprising treats. I was expecting something like a funny shaped leaf or a sparkly yeah. rock. But I mean, those I are fun those too. too.
5: I find yeah. those too.
3: Yeah. I like those.
0: Yeah. I have a sparkly rock sitting could, on my countertop. I, have, counter that, top. That, I, I have, have that piece side. of
5: bone sitting on my <laughs> office on the cabinet. So, yes. Same, I love same, this. same.
0: Yes.
1: Yes. yes. You kept the boat. I thought I the found
4: feel.
1: a dinosaur
4: egg I once and it, did it did turns out it was it. just a jelly bean.
1: Yeah. Oh.
4: So, I was not... I was unpleasantly surprised.
1: Is that? Oh. I, well, it was
4: a jelly, jelly bean, so I can't be too mad.
3: If you <laughs> walk gonna... into Aaron's office and note the bones, know that it was a moment of delight and not the remains
2: yes. of her enemies.
1: No. <laughs> so that important. we
2: know of. <laughs> <laughs> Have you asked anyone what creature that came from? You know... I took that
5: opportunity to go on Facebook Live and uh, document my experience on the way in. And there were various thoughts. The the prevailing opinion of it, because in my opinion, it's a pretty large chunk of of bone. Like it's not a small animal, but it was a little disappointing. I was hoping for a little more exotic animal. But the prevailing opinion (laughs) was that it was left over from somebody trying to make stock um another passion of mine but anyway so they were making soup and so they had these bones and that maybe a raccoon got it and dragged it in from the trash i don't know it's it had been old it was clearly i mean it was not it was a dry desiccated bone like there was no there was no smell or anything like Hmm. that um
0: it's a logical explanation yeah Yeah. a little sad but logical
5: yeah. I mean, I mean it's probably a delicious stock when That's you true. know it had it had a fullness of of life.
2: It wasn't from one of your um what do you call that the Iron Ladle challenge. It wasn't from the No.
5: No, I can't claim this bone. Uh,
3: <laughs> no. We have not tackled stock yet. I think because we mm-hmm. already know that if we do there's not like a sixty percent chance of Aaron winning, there's like a hundred and ten percent chance of yeah. Aaron winning. Yeah, I love
0: stock.
2: You know, yep. it's
3: a little intimidating.
0: We have no chance.
2: Well, her secret sauce is random spinal bone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Why there's no chance. <laughs> so, Tiffany, can I ask you this question? What do you love about life?
1: There is so much to love about life, and I hadn't really thought about loving final bones, but uh <laughs> but so much of the the rest has already been said I could echo. I mean but just as a you know a quick thing. I mean babies, right? I I just love to look at babies. They don't have to be my babies, I don't have to be related to them, just at random baby mm-hmm. little faces, watching them learn. you know, they like they smile with their whole body that their mouth that's their faces. So I'm I'm totally the one at, at church who is distracting all the, the little ones during worship services and like Maybe at the smiley. Oh um, yeah, there's yeah. babies, but but then there's also water, you know, this kind of takes us back to the tree conversation and God's creation <laughs> of, of our physical tangible earth and yeah, I love to do all kinds of things in, in water, like without the boat, as a family with me. I like to just, kind of like with the babies. I just look at water, lakes, rivers, you know, even a pool. And of course there's all those really great connections between water and, and baptism motifs that run throughout scripture of, of rivers and being cleaned and washed in, in water. So yeah, those are my, a couple of my, my top things that haven't already been mentioned.
2: Those are good ones. As a Michigander born and raised in Michigan, yes. I also love water and it is, it, it fascinates me too. And when you talk about water in combination with the sun, Sunsets yeah, and probably. sunrises. I mean, you don't get any better than sunsets and sunrises on, you know, the western coast of Michigan. In my humble mm. opinion, uh, what agreed. What else do you love, Steph? Uh, thirded, what are
3: you? not seconded, thirded?
2: Pure Michigan. Again, Is that, not yes. an ad.
1: Well, Steph, what else do you love about life?
2: Well, you kind of, you you did take my my baby one, and mm. I think a lot of people probably share that sentiment, but you know connecting the things that we've talked about like physical touch and feeling that it cannot be replicated i don't think in any other way besides maybe like a warm weighted blanket the feeling of a of a baby sleeping on your chest that that is a sensation that i think is just unmatched and our son is now 9 months old and sometimes i just i don't let him go in his crib for naps because i like i love him just sleeping on my chest and the in the feeling like this is why people have weighted blankets because the, the the feeling of weight on you this makes you tired and sleepy oh man the i don't i don't even know just baby cuddles in general i mean that is one thing that i absolutely treasure about my life and my kids lives is getting to hold them while they're sleeping and then it makes me so sad when they're out of that stage, too, and I can't hold them when they're sleeping anymore. You know, my six-year-old doesn't let me hold him while he sleeps. That for sure is one. And then, I mean, between memes that Brie mentioned and relationships that pretty much everybody mentioned, getting together with friends, playing games, I mean, just having like a gut-splitting laugh. That like when you leave the end of your time hanging out with your friends, it's like, oh man, my stomach hurts. Why does my stomach hurt? <laughs> oh, no, it's Every like time I because I've been laughing so hard. That That is such a gift to be with friends who just get you. You can be so different from each other, but to all be together. Uh, one of the times I remember most recently was when our Bible study group got together and we had a game night and we played Telestrations. I don't know if anyone's played that game oh, before. Love uh, Oh man, we just couldn't stop laughing. Yes. Uh, so those are, those are mine. So yeah. Thank you for asking. Cause I do like talking about myself and what I love about life. <laughs> uh, I appreciate the chance to do that. Uh, but now back at you as we wrap up, because this is a celebration of two years of friends for life. And so in that same vein, how do you ladies celebrate life. What do you do? What do your families do? What are some ways that maybe you wouldn't consider, oh, this is me celebrating life, but actually when you stop and think about it, it is?
4: So this is something that I started making a practice of like right before COVID became a thing is we would have people over to our apartment every month and we'd cook for them. And I think this goes back to the whole wanting like being in the presence of each other having an opportunity to connect opportunity to to laugh and unwind um, but also providing that little measure of like physical nourishment I mean it's it's sort of a simple everyday sort of thing um, but it is I think a great way to celebrate life is just being with each other and just sharing a good meal, even. Like, I don't have to cook it if, I, if you don't want me to. That's fine.
2: <laughs> you, you could cook it. I, I will let you. Okay. Cool. No chicken spines. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hospitality fellowship. That is, it's a great way. Yeah. Just uh, celebrating your neighbor's life. Good answer. I like it. Sarah, I know you have one hot and ready. What's your answer? I've got several. Actually, I have a whole list. Uh, (laughs) Go go for it. So the first one that came
0: to mind is just stewardship of my body in a way that is healthy and God-pleasing. So that encompasses a lot of things. I am kind of forced to eat healthy against my will because of chronic illness, but I still like to enjoy the food that I'm eating and find ways to make it the most delicious that I possibly can. So when other people eat it, they're like, oh, wow, this is really delicious. I'm like, I know it's only three ingredients. And they're like a little mind blown by that. So She's that's not really lying. Fun. She's cooked for us before. It's amazing.
3: <laughs> like I would eat her yes. way all the time if I had the energy.
0: <laughs> it is a lot of work. <laughs> so like cooking uh, fresh food and and making sure I'm nourishing my body, but also moving my body in a way that's good. And most of the time that's bike commuting, so I like to ride my bike wherever I can and really get that that exercise, but also like breathing fresh air is so rejuvenating to my body, just moving around in nature and also just thanking God, reminding myself that the, my body is a gift and I am thankful for what I can do with it, even if that's limited because of chronic illness at certain times. So that's that's number one, number two, uh, kiddos in church, like making faces at them, which may or may not be a thing to I don't know i and we a lot of us do it, um, but just making sure that a parents know that their kids are welcome in church because I know there's some places that that's a bit of a tricky subject, but at our church, we absolutely love the kiddos, and whether or not they're making noise like a church without kids is just far too quiet in my opinion, so like smiling at them, making eyes at them. I know I'm not the only one that does that. No. But then also on the flip side, making an effort to know the names of the kids at church and talking to them by name and having conversations with them, even if they're like two or three and I have no idea what they're actually telling me, but like getting down an eye level at them. And if it's important to them, I want them to know that it's important to me too, even if it's just like about, I don't know, a flower that they found in their front yard or I don't know, the food that they had for lunch, it's exciting for them. So I like to be excited about it too. But celebrating the the little people in our, the, the kids in our, in our church is uh, very important to me, especially our goddaughter, uh, making sure that she knows she's loved by me and my husband, but also by Jesus, because that's super important. Um, And then my third one, I only had three, it wasn't a huge list, supporting, <laughs> supporting people who are struggling somehow. Um, I've been through a lot of struggles in my own life uh, a lot recently with chronic illness and knowing how important it is for people to know that they're heard, especially when they're struggling. That's been a very important thing for me, especially since pandemic happened and kind of everybody's been struggling with something. But being willing to be a, a listening ear to people who are having problems and offering a hug if they need it and not really needing to like Solve anything for them, but just being a listening ear for um, chronic illness, people who are going through chronic illnesses, and, and also people who have uh, experienced miscarriage. That's not something that I've personally experienced, but especially in the last few years, I've gotten to know a lot more women who have experienced miscarriage or pregnancy loss. Um, and it's, I understand, uh, at the least, I understand how deep. That pain can be, and uh, just being there and, and listening and reaching out and making sure that they know that they're loved. Um, that's I, I like to make that a priority in my life. So I guess overall, it's just loving people where they are.
2: I like that. It, it sounds like you were very much in sync with your pastor, who was a <laughs> guest of ours, Pastor Arnold. Yep, you just echoed a lot of what of what he shared too. <laughs> so. Oh, uh, <laughs> I like it. It's not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug also for our previous episode. There you go. Rachel.
3: Um. Okay, so how do I celebrate life? I know you were expecting things like, you know, baptismal birthdays and big family get-togethers. And the, the truth is I'm not very good at big celebrations. Like we don't do a whole lot with birthdays. We don't – baptismal or otherwise. I think my kids wish we did. Um, our Christmas celebrations tend to be more about church than presents for better. Or for, actually, yeah, just for better, not for worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so my celebrations tend to be a little bit smaller and low key, but I think the way that I like best to celebrate life is to find space and peace in which to slow down and. Pay attention and give thanks for all those physical mm. pleasures that we talked about earlier. You know, to not be so busy that I can't stop and notice the sun streaming in the window and the way it hits the floor. Uh, to not be so eager to get the dishes done that I can't marvel at how good warm water feels on cold hands. Mm. And to always have that time for the kid who says, I require snuggles as one of mine did yesterday. Um, And part of that has been um, a conscious effort on my life to clear out some of the things that have cluttered it up in the past um, to, again, make space to slow down and pay attention and notice and enjoy, take delight in and give thanks for those small little pleasures that are such good gifts in every day, if we can just take a moment to receive them with our full attention. Mm-hmm. So that's how I celebrate life. Did you give the snuggles? Oh, I gave the sn- I Well, she had to wait a couple of minutes until I finished what I was doing. But then, yes, we had a date for snuggles on the couch a few minutes later after I'd finished whatever chore was <laughs> was on my list. Um, but yeah, and it was wonderful. I know, mm-hmm. like you said, <laughs> Those times don't last forever, um, though they last a little longer if you don't cut them off. (laughs) That's what I found. (laughs) Even my teenagers, you know, occasionally still come in for for snuggles um, because they've never been told they can't. And Mm. it's just this wonderful nurturing thing for all of us, for me too, even though several of my babies are bigger than me now. (laughs) But yeah, no, the life is full of God's good gifts and pleasures. And if we can keep from being too busy to have the time to actually pay attention to them as they arrive, we can celebrate them one by one as they come in. Erin, what about you?
4: So I,
5: similar, uh, all of these things do (laughs) overlap. (laughs) Um, So one of the things that I, love doing and do almost every week is I have I have supper with uh, one of the families that I'm good friends with and we have supper together. We play a game. I uh, hear about, you know, what did the kids learn in school today? There's a devotion after supper. Then there's some sort of game usually or maybe it's reading aloud or whatever. And then the kids are sent up to do their pre bedtime sort of stuff and my friend and I then do bible study. We've been doing this for for many years, but that aspect of life together is something that I just relish in my week and I I'm often struck by like the the lists that we got with the first article that we mm-hmm. started with. All, ever since you know confirmation, when I was first learning about it, struck by how daily bread and first article uh, align so well. But I I often think of um, those Tuesday nights with uh, my friends as a I think about it whenever I'm thinking about daily bread. Those that's part of my daily bread that I give thanks for is those Tuesday mm-hmm. nights. Uh, tradition with them. So that's one way that I like to celebrate and give thanks for life. Another way similar to what Sarah was saying, um, and it took me much longer in, in years of my life to to find the physical activity that I really enjoy. Mm. Um, as far as exercise goes and that sort of thing. I wish I would have come across it earlier, but I I like lifting weights. So I I enjoy that that experience of exercise. I like the way it centers me in my physical body and takes me out of my head, mm-hmm. um which I sometimes spend too much time there. Um and so sort of forces me to pay attention to this amazing body that God has has given us um and and push it and see what it can do. So I I enjoy that and enjoy that aspect of celebrating life. And then the one other thing that right now I'm in the middle of, and I I don't, like Rachel, I don't necessarily have a habit of celebrating, like in, in big ways, celebrating uh, milestones and that sort of thing. However, my mom has she had a milestone birthday this year, um, or within, within the, she's still within the, the milestone birthday year. And my family, we're getting together for a family vacation here next week. And so this will all have been aired after we've done this. So I'm not spoiling the surprise at all. (laughs) Uh, but at this moment, it's still a surprise. So we I've I've been working with my sister and brother. We are planning a surprise birthday celebration for her. She'll never see it coming cuz it's <laughs> like 5 months later. So,
4: we're all going to be awesome. together
5: for it. And so we're going to have a a party for her, Aww. and we're gonna have special food and entertainment oh. in her honor. Right? I last night I was writing. My sister had an idea, and a gag captured my imagination. So we're gonna have some sort of theatrical production oh. as part of this. Who knows? Wow. I'm assuming we'll be able to make do with the verbo that we're in. We won't have our usual props, but that's what makes family entertainment great—is the making oh. do. So <laughs> <laughs> we. Are gonna do this to celebrate to celebrate my mom. And and that's a that's a delightful thing to be able to do um, together with people. Oh, so that's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited about that.
2: Happy birthday, mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, ladies, it was <laughs> such a delight to have you on. You guys are always so much fun to be with, to hang out with, and thanks for the laughs too, and for reminding us of the good gifts that our father pours out on us um, only because of his goodness, not because of any merit within us. So as Lutheran ladies can say, this is most certainly true. And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and don't forget to click the follow or subscribe button so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. New episodes drop twice each month, You can find us, Friends for Life, on Instagram and Facebook as Friends for Life LCMS. And finally, listeners, we want to hear from you. Do you have an idea about a guest you'd like to hear from or a topic you want talked about? Email us at friendsforlife at lcms.org. We want to hear from you about what you want to hear about when it comes to issues of life. And may I add, how can we find Lutheran Ladies Lounge, ladies? So we are on Facebook
0: and Instagram. You can join our Facebook group or you can follow us on Instagram at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. We also have a sort of monthly e-newsletter that goes out. You can sign up for that in the show notes for our episode that will drop on our podcast or you can send an email to lutheranladies at kfuo.org and you can find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash Lounge or
2: on any podcasting app, or on the KFUO Radio app. God bless you all, and I am so grateful for the gift of life that God has given all for all five of you.
1: Thanks for joining us. Friends for Life is a podcast that introduces listeners to life issues by introducing them to friends who stand for life.
0: KFUO Radio and the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast are underwritten in part by Wicking Vicar. Visit them online at wickingvicar.com. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us, too. If you love the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast, consider financially supporting our producer, KFUO Radio, so we can keep doing what we do. Find out how at kfuo.org give.